When I see Facebook censor something, I immediately feel both sides. Like, hey, wait a second, this is censorship. Mm-hmm. What did this person say? I want to know what this person had to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, you know, hopefully I'm mature enough to to discern whether I think it's right or wrong. Yeah. I don't really need your help, Facebook. Thank you very much. Right. Certainly don't want the government involved in that. Um, yeah. At the same time, I have to recognize that the misinformation and fake news is is at a level I've never witnessed before. I'm William. I'm Dave. Dave is my pastor. Willie is a hospice chaplain. And we've been friends for more than 20 years. We've had thousands of conversations about things that matter and things that don't. So now we're inviting you to join in. Each week we pull a topic out of the hopper and talk about it. This is the Hopper Podcast. I got a topic for us that I just pulled out of the hopper uh-huh. that's, a, that's a good one. And that's and here's the, here's the topic. Um, what is the deal? Let's talk about... Um, censorship in social media, mm-hmm. right? So the uh, president of the United States was censored, so in a sense that he is not his uh, like his, his Twitter account his was Twitter canceled, account and, was shut down, right, his Facebook right. is shut, shut down, mm-hmm. um, and that's the president of the United States. And they said, right. no, we don't want him to have a voice on our on our platform. Right? What is the deal? And so then they do that with lots of other people. Yeah. And they've got like at, at some point, this has what's got going so on? many angles to it, right? Because these are these are private companies. Yeah. And they, in a way, can control their constituents. Yeah. Um, is the does the First Amendment freedom of speech does it have anything to do with this? I think it does. Okay. I just don't know if, um, it, like I said, a private company can can kind of regulate its communications. And that's the thing is that the freedom of speech. I think, or I, mean, I guess I'm asking the question. Um, it's I think it's the that the First Amendment says that the government can't. Um, keep people from from expressing their opinions right but that has nothing to do with private companies right right so there are lots of different platforms yeah and you can you can stand on the corner with a with a placard if you want mm-hmm. to you can start your own social mm-hmm. media you can mm-hmm. email you can lobby your government there's lots of things that people can do you can form a protest sure um but when a, a private company has a particular platform that has become very successful mm-hmm. and widespread, mm-hmm. um, then it starts to get a little more yeah. questionable, yeah. right? Um, the, the government has had conflict with Facebook, as one mm-hmm. example, mm-hmm. where um, they have asked a lot of questions about people's privacy mm-hmm. and uh, some breaches in that department mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from these companies. Um, you know, you, you sign up for uh, a service and then there's a 20-page legal jargon mess that you're supposed to oh, read yeah, and then right. agree to, and no one does that. No one does, yeah. And it can be, in that, in that uh, long statement, it may request permission to use your um, camera mm-hmm. or your microphone mm-hmm. um, or all kinds of things that yeah. you agree to, and people just do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a problem, and I, the solution I can't. I would never read all that stuff. I can't sit here and tell people you need to read every last bit of right. all that. You know, right. Um, and at the same time, uh, I don't want some some service, some app on my cell phone accessing my camera and my microphone. Right. That's sure. an invasion of my privacy. Of course. Right? Um, and so these things, government has to be involved. Yeah. Um, and but I'm not sure I know the. The answers here, but how? Yeah. yeah. So, is the government allowed to tell Facebook how to run its company? Right. And to say no, the government says, "Is the should the should we give power to the government to say Facebook has to allow certain people on its platform?" Right. Because yeah, look at Facebook. Look at what you see there. It is a propaganda machine. And when oh, I say propaganda, I, mean, I say that in a negative way. Yeah. Um, like Nazi propaganda, mm-hmm. like misinformation, yeah. fake news, yeah. and um, and so I don't want to. I don't want to tell people how to use their voice. Like mm-hmm. I said that in some earlier episode. Yeah. That people will say, you know, Facebook is for this. It's for sharing pictures of your family. And my point is, don't tell people how to use their voice in their their. Their platform is mm-hmm. is for them to use and to say what they want to say to the world, mm-hmm. um, and I really I I agree with that mm-hmm. I, the mm-hmm. personal freedom and the freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. But Facebook has also censored out things mm-hmm. that have been shown to be false or damaging misinformation. Sure, 
but they're not always right about that. Right. And some of that is is politically charged. Oh, yeah. They don't want certain political statements being said. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, there's a, a huge responsibility mm-hmm. uh, on their shoulders to try to navigate this. Mm-hmm. Uh, when do you censor? The censorship is typically a bad word mm-hmm. to us, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're telling people what can be communicated and what can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, propaganda is also a bad word. Mm-hmm. And there is the misinformation is damaging to people. Sure, and certainly is in this pandemic. Sure, sure. And so uh, these are and the only way to stop propaganda is censorship. Right. And you know I, when I when I think about censorship, I start with an easy one. Mm-hmm. I think that we should across the board um, uh, make pornography illegal. Mm-hmm. Um. Now there, I, I guess that's that would probably be a very inflammatory statement for a lot of people. Sure, um, because of the First Amendment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if you want to go there now. We can throw that in the hopper. Um, but I, that's, pornography, you mean? Yeah. Okay. But that's where I think censorship. You know, that's where I, I say, okay, well, I want censorship in that case. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't All want of us want censorship in some case. Yeah, that's true. Everybody wants censorship for some things. Right. So what is it that gets censored? Hmm? Yeah, yeah, right. And how? And who? Yeah. And what is censorship? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, there have been um, uh, many times that, that someone posted something about mm-hmm. this pandemic, for mm-hmm. example, mm-hmm. And, uh, and then Facebook removed it. Yes. Um, and said that this was misinformation. Right. And that frustrates the people who posted, who who thinks that it's probably more like this this um, liberal machine mm-hmm. that's preventing the truth from getting out, and it mm-hmm. kind of fuels more the conspiracy theory mindset. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, I have seen a lot of horrible propaganda about the pandemic on social media. Yeah, I've seen a lot of shared ignorance. Yeah, from uh, you know about the vaccines mm-hmm. to masks to all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I have a good answer for this one. Yeah, I don't either. It's a difficult thing. Uh, you know, there's uh, there's no question that Donald Trump violated the terms that that we all agree to when we get on Facebook, mm-hmm. and he was warned multiple times, and he continued to violate those terms. And so, from that perspective, it makes sense to me that that they would deplatform him, mm-hmm. and yet, and yet. Um, man, that is, uh, it's pretty amazing that they, that, that Facebook doesn't want him, uh, and, and, you know, this, this really, really powerful voice says that a former president should not, um, speak here. Right. Yeah. I think that's, it's strange. It is. But I don't know who, I sure don't want the government telling Facebook, who can and can't be on their platform. Right. I, that's a private company. Right. I don't want. I, I don't like the government having that much power mm-hmm. to come in and tell private companies how to run their business. This is a great example of where I think we are tempted to want to dial back in history mm-hmm. and say, okay, well, let's think about the way this used to be. There was no social media. Mm-hmm. Um, people didn't just actively share their ignorance or their propaganda. Mm-hmm. Um, and censorship was more about pornography or fake news because our, our news outlets were not so political mm-hmm. and they really had a high commitment to trying to uh, mm-hmm. you know, proper journalism and just mm-hmm. presenting facts. Right. Um, that's at least my perspective yeah. of, of days gone by. Mm-hmm. But we know uh, n- things never dial back. Mm-hmm. That never works. Mm-hmm. So the question is, what's the way forward yeah. given this reality? And and I think p- the, the big problem here is that people are using social media to get their news. Oh, and that is a huge problem. And therefore, like the the voices that are that are chiming in in their life. Yeah. Um, for many people, they they have a friend group, and it's just an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. They're only hearing what they all agree upon, mm-hmm. and are never challenged by. They're mm-hmm. never having these kinds of conversations where let's banter about this. Let's yeah. try to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. Yeah. Let let me hear what the other side thinks, and really try to understand right. why they're holding this view. Because I just don't understand it. It's so foreign to me. There must be something there. Yeah. That that inquisitive nature. That just just try to understand them. Yeah. 
then you might you, you learn something and it mm-hmm. changes your perspective and mm-hmm. if you if you stay in that echo chamber and people do mm-hmm. you don't grow right you you're not you're not mentally challenged and 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 therefore you whatever's false in that paradigm stays false forever right and facebook youtube twitter all this social media um their goal is financial and so they are it is to their advantage if you get into that echo chamber Mm -hmm. and stay there and just keep on posting and posting and right Uh because you're there longer and they can sell more ads to you right yeah and they can know exactly who you are and target those ads and make more money yeah now that i think i do have some sort of solution to although it's not easy and that is uh I am very aware that if I'm not paying for a service, then I am the product that's being sold. Right. And so Facebook, I don't pay for that, but that means that I am the product. Mm-hmm. I, they, I am not the customer. The customer is the people who are buying ads. Right. I'm the product. Same thing with Twitter, same thing with YouTube. And so uh, and so news, The same, well, it's the same thing with Fox News, with MSNBC, with CNN. If you're not paying for it, then you are not the customer, mm-hmm. and so you're the you're the product that's being sold to the customer, and so um, there are independent news outlets that you can pay for, and then you don't get advertising advertisements, and so then that I think is a little bit better. Mm-hmm. If there was a Facebook equivalent that I could pay for, I would do it in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. If there was a Twitter, uh, you know, something, or YouTube that I could pay for, I would do it in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Because uh, then I'm not the product anymore. Right. They're, they're not, their goal is not to keep me in an echo chamber at that point. And that would remove all of the ads and... No ads. And so then... Then all the data they're gathering about you... Is irrelevant. Is, right. So they irrelevant. Do, they could just shut that whole system down. That whole system gets shut down, and then then I can choose for myself what I want rather than them steering me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, a lot of people don't know this, uh, and a lot of I think our youth who've grown mm-hmm. up with cell phones. You and I didn't have cell phones or the internet yeah. in our youth, and so yeah. we have. I think we're in a very unique place to to know yeah. what what is uh, old school and what is new with the cell phones mm-hmm. and technology, mm-hmm. um, but. So, for example, my kids, they, they have no idea that when they download an app, yeah. and it might be some game, yeah. and the game is, uh, is fun, maybe it's just a simple little game, yeah. it's very easy to, to produce an app like this, but the app is then, every time you open it, is accessing your search history. Oh, yeah. And is reporting this to a company that's then mm-hmm. selling that information. Mm-hmm. And so, it, it's, in that way, it's, it's really nefarious. Oh, yeah. Um, and. And people don't understand that because they've grown up and this is the way, this is what people do. Right. You download an app and you play a game on your phone. And they don't understand the system behind all this. Yeah, that's right. And it's pernicious. Yeah. Yeah, like if you're a product, that they're, they're trying to keep you in a place where they're making lots and lots of money. And it's by increasing your time on the screen. Mm-hmm. And it's more and more and more. And that's, that's their entire point is... Yeah. And they've got it down to, I mean... You know, how many microseconds are you spending on YouTube, and how can we increase that? What right. if we do this? Will that increase your time? What if we do this? Will that increase your time? Yeah, all the, the, the AI and algorithms mm-hmm. that are working mm-hmm. on that to, uh, to, to lock you in yeah. to a screen. Right. It's scary. Facebook, it's the same way. The how psychological we... manipulations, yeah. the, uh, what's going to trigger dopamine in your brain, what's right. going to addict people to this. Right. Um, it's a huge problem for our kids. And, yeah. and this is the breakdown in parenting. Right mm-hmm. of allowing this to happen, mm-hmm. it's a breakdown in in us where we're refusing proper news channels and we're looking at social media. Yeah. Um, uh, by the way, a number of my friends have just dropped it. Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I did for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I went for years without looking at it. Mm-hmm. It's. Uh, yeah, it's very interesting. What What should they censor? Should they censor anything? Should they allow this shameless propaganda? Right. I mean, this, this, it's tough. I, I don't know the answers here. I don't either. Yeah. I don't either. Someone needs to chime in. Yeah. What's the solution to this? Yeah. What's the solution to this? I don't think it's easy. I, I don't want the president or anybody else putting out false information, which definitely he was doing. And yet mm-hmm. I'm not sure the answer is to censor him. Right. Um, someone who has, you know, who is uh, so important to our society. Right. 
I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah the cancel culture is, I think, mm-hmm. horrific. You mm-hmm. know, you go to Berkeley or whatever, and they, they have a speaker. This is their opportunity to learn this person's point of view. Yes. But since they don't want to learn that person's point of view, mm-hmm. they don't want to hear what they have to say, mm-hmm. and they just label them as a hater or whatever they want to label them as, and then they, they refuse them the ability to speak. Yeah. I think that is tragic and horrible. That's I, a form of censorship. Yeah. I, I remember I was at um, University of North Carolina um, campus when uh, Donald Trump was running for president the first time, um, and I remember seeing signs on campus for his presidency, and then I read in the student newspaper there that people were saying that um, signs for the campaign for president for, of Donald Trump, that was hate speech. Right. It was hate speech. And so they said, you know, uh, I'm feeling oppressed, and so we have to take this down because right. I feel oppressed. Like, what? Yeah. Okay, that's, that's, a, that's different from I disagree with his politics or even I don't like his character uh, – or I think that he should not be running for president. Like all right. those things are valid thoughts for people, if that's how you think or feel. But to say it's hate speech and oh, it's oppressive. It's that, oppressive. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's the cancel culture is is gotten. But you know what? It's it's equally as bad. I think on the right that that say that we can't. You know, anything that is disagrees with my worldview cannot right. be in schools. It cannot be in. Uh, uh, the media, you know, whatever like that. It's right. just, that's also ridiculous. It, ha- You know, on the right, they're not going to call it cancel culture, but they do the exact same thing, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, part of me feels like, you know, let's just have everyone speak. Let's learn the, the, the different sides and totally. let, let truth kind of rise through that. Like, hey, this is what some people think. This is what other people think. That's a lot of education. Yeah. Um, but I think it, at this stage of our development it, as a nation, we kind of need that. Yeah. Because of these echo chambers, because of the enculturation, because of the political climate, yeah, we just need to to have more people willing to talk about these things and say, okay, there's the evidence for this side. Here's the evidence for that side. Here's yeah. some of the problems yeah. I see on this side. The problems I see on that side. Let's just look at this without being so emotionally attached. You know, I think that's a huge piece of it. Without being emotionally attached, I have here's a pet peeve of mine that people say I feel when they mean I think. Mm-hmm. But feelings and, and th- thoughts and feelings are very different mm-hmm. from each other. I, I mean, a lot of times they're related. Sure. But can I have a thoughtful discussion where a thought, a, a, when you express something that makes me feel uncomfortable, I can identify it and say, that makes me feel uncomfortable, but that doesn't mean that it's not true. Right. Sometimes the truth is uncomfortable. and Often. It, it's often uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, just, and so I need to live with that tension within me and learn from it. And just because I feel uncomfortable when someone says something, that doesn't mean that I dismiss it outright. Now, maybe they're, what, they're, what they're saying is stupid or offensive, uh, truly, but just because I feel offended doesn't mean that there's something wrong yeah. with what they're saying. Right. I mean, I feel offended every time I look at you. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I, I just ignore that feeling. Yeah. Well, I feel like you're an idiot. <laughs> And somehow you just manage, right? Somehow I manage. I guess that's the, this is maturity, right? I mean, it's some form of maturity in us <laughs> that, that I can look at you despite your face and you can listen to my ignorance and we can somehow be friends. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> Thick and greasy. That's right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's the... Um, uh, to, for when someone says, I feel that you're wrong. Well, no, that's not a feeling. That's a thought. I think right. you're wrong. right. And that's okay if you think you're wrong, but when you will use that magic word feel, then it can never be opposed, yeah. see? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a real problem. That's what you were saying. Let's divorce emotion from it. Or at least tone it down, right? I mean, I, you're right. You're going to have emotions that 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 surge with certain ideas. Mm-hmm. Someone says something, you don't like the idea, it makes you feel a certain way. Yeah. The question is, do you have any self-control? Yeah. Are, have you identified that your body has has feeling responses to yes. different things and yes. that's the way it is and you can continue in a civil conversation yes. and just because you're getting upset and angry you don't have to act upset and angry right. you don't have to communicate something upset and angry that's right. yeah um this is it's not per, feelings are not permission for you to act like an idiot <laughs> i mean but people do that it, it, more and more yes. our culture yes, is yes, saying yes, yes. if i feel this way it's true yes and therefore i need to speak my truth well you just you know 
Every liver quiver now is, is a justification for you to mistreat somebody else. Right, right. Because you feel a certain way. Right. Yeah. 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 That's trouble. All right. Well, I, maybe I'll stop yelling at you uh, yeah. every time you... <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not. We'll probably still get in... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... Um... This is a really tough one. Uh, I, uh, I, I when I see Facebook censor something, I immediately feel both sides. Like, hey, wait a second, this is censorship. Mm-hmm. What did this person say? I want to know what this person had to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, you know, hopefully I'm mature enough to to discern whether I think it's right or wrong. Yeah. I don't really need your help, Facebook. Thank you very much. Right. Certainly don't want the government involved in that. Um, yeah. At the same time, I have to recognize that the misinformation and fake news is is at a level I've never witnessed before. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And somehow going forward, we have to, like I said, it's never going to be dialed back. Mm-hmm. Somehow we have to figure this out for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that we need better parenting and a little bit more self-discipline. I, I need self-discipline with my screen time. I don't know about you, if you would say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I can do better mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, and just better recognize how I'm being manipulated and... Um, what is really necessary, what's really helpful, and, and yeah, just better use of my time, better time management. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Better media hygiene. That's right. I need to scrub my media teeth. <laughs> Getting bad breath. Well, we've all been trying to talk to you about it, and... Um... Yeah. Hey, um, have you ever considered shaving your back? uh well not until right now or maybe like wearing a wig wearing a wig yeah no i've never considered wearing a wig i am just trying to help my feelings (laughs) about the way you look i well i guess i can put a shirt on at least yeah please Um, (laughs) and what is that ridiculous tattoo you mean the Wiley Coyote? Yeah. Oh, just making this up, people. <laughs> I, you don't have any tats. I don't. If you, you don't said either. if you said you had a tat, I think I would be shocked. I would have been shock and awe right now. Yeah, there's nothing that I'm I don't know. Yeah. I don't want the pain, but also I can't think of anything that I want on my body permanently like that. Yeah, that, that's yeah, that's true for Is me. Is that as where well. you are? Yeah. Okay. Now I, I uh my kids would be would be something. I just don't know how to like artfully, tastefully do that well and that's um, the thing like the concepts there are concepts that i would be happy to affix to me permanently right because i'm committed lifelong whether it's you know religious or family or you know those kind right. of commitments but then like but you can't do just the concept there's got to be like a specific font and a specific oh uh, yeah yeah there's, like, there's uh, a whole yeah you can't have the wrong kind of font right yeah, yeah. And and where and like all that like okay. oh yeah there's a lot of art involved. There's a there. difference between mm-hmm. being committed to my family or being committed to the Lord, and then being committed to this expression of right. that on my body. That could be a huge mistake. Yeah, artistically, artistically, a huge mistake or lots yeah. of other. Yeah, and it's there symbolically in various right. ways. Yeah, yeah, what does this mean? You know, when uh, I saw someone, they had their child write their name across their heart on their mm-hmm, chest mm-hmm. and then they tattooed that on their chest okay i thought that was kind of neat um it was kind of like childhood writing yeah you know because sure. the kid wasn't you know right wasn't an adult or anything yeah yeah and the expression was this is how dear you are to me right i want you on my heart always tattooed here and um stuff like that i can you know is endearing and uh, oh i've had uh, people I've looked at tattoos, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that is wonderful. Right. Lots of tattoos I look at, and I think, what were you thinking? Oh, that sure. That is yeah. nuts. But that's one. Yeah, I would, I would agree with you. Like, oh, yeah, that's wonderful. I'm, I'm glad you did mm-hmm. that. And no, I'm not ready to do that. Yeah. No, that's not me. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. If you had to get a tattoo, I'd hold a gun. i say, uh-huh. you have to get a tattoo right now. What would you do? I would do something small on the underside of my tongue. <laughs> that would hurt like crazy. It would hurt horribly. But mm-hmm. yeah, if you're saying I have to get a tattoo now, uh-huh. yeah, that's what I would do. The underside of your tongue. I would never. No one would ever see it unless I right. wanted them to. Okay. Yeah. And what would it be? I don't know. A uh, a cross or a something small. Okay. Interesting. How about you? Uh, probably something with my kids' names or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Yeah. They're probably on my back or somewhere where no one really sees. Yeah. No one really sees. Yeah. No yeah. one sees your back because of all the hair. No. <laughs> yeah. I don't have, you know, all the hair went from the top of my head to the rest of my body. <laughs> Mine is just falling out everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. There was a guy Alopecia. in college that was so hairy. Uh, he was a friend of mine. He had so much body hair in college. When he would put a T-shirt on, it wouldn't touch his skin at right. all. It was held at bay. Yeah. Have, yeah. You, have you ever met anybody like that? Yeah, we called him wall to wall. That's was yeah. That, that was his nickname, wall to wall, uh, as in carpet. Yes. Of, oh, I got and, it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and at his uh, when he was getting married, yeah. he shaved a big arrow in the hair on his torso. Oh my goodness! Pointing, pointing down, down. Yes. Just in case she was getting lost, <laughs> and all the weeds. I, <laughs> she, <laughs> I. I doubt a new bride would get lost. Um, <laughs> this guy was hairy. Oh, fair enough. Okay. You could get lost in you there. You could get lost in there. Yeah. 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 Uh, oh, man. I remember a guy swimming at our pool. Uh-huh. He was one of my friend's dads. Okay. He was a heavyset guy. Yeah. And he would swim very slowly. Okay. And he was really hairy uh-huh. and large. And as he swam, when he would breathe, I mean, he was, he was like in slow motion. Okay. And when he breathed, he'd like... <laughs> and so it was like a whale. <laughs> <laughs> like a blowhole on a whale. Oh my goodness! And we started calling him the hairy whale. The hairy whale. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, the hairy whale swimming laps. There's your it? transition species. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> should I? Should I um, give a shout out? No, I better not. Maybe not now. <laughs> After we're laughing at him and yeah. making fun of him. Uh, of course, I, you did in the moment calling him a hairy whale. Yeah, he, good natured guy. He would, you know, same as me teasing you. Really, he's just. Oh, okay. Yeah, he probably right. laugh about it, but. Um, yeah, that the way he breathed, just like a blowhole. A blowhole. <laughs> I've seen people do that, but yeah. when they're you know when they're not as big and they're not right. as hairy, then it's not as a big deal. I know the breathing the breathing style you're talking about. Yeah, it's there. like is it possible to to lumber in the water? <laughs> <laughs> he lumbered through the he water. Lumbered through the water. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, what were we talking about? Uh, Boy, we're so we're censored today, aren't we? Censorship. Censorship, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might have to censor this episode. Well, yeah. There's already a number of things I've censored. When you went on that uh, profanity tirade yeah. about my back hair. Um, right. I don't, I don't you already I'm, cut that out. I'm, I'm not going to include that in there, uh-huh. in this for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I have put a shirt on, so. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, I guess your profanity worked because I, I put a shirt on. That's right. Well, I'm, I'm just controlling people with my voice. <laughs> <laughs> I was canceling you out. Yeah. I got my way just by by uh, being loud and obnoxious and stamping my feet and being demanding like a spoiled child. Yeah. It's working these days. Society is allowing this to work. Yes, yes. So, Well, thank you, Pastor. Yes, I've controlled you now. <laughs> That's, is that, I'm looking forward to your sermon in a couple yeah. days. <laughs> Do you want me to put that in prison lingo? Sure. No, I can't. We can't put that in the air. <laughs> Your uh, command of prison language is remarkable. Yeah. I'm going to have to cut all that out as well. <laughs> you know, it's uh, this is sad, um, but you saying, uh, thank you, Pastor, I look forward to your sermon in a few days. That's not the first time I've heard that. Okay. Um, yeah, so, so someone will say, oh, thank you, Pastor. <laughs> and I think, oh, yeah, my mouth is not your typical pastor's mouth. Sometimes I've wondered if this is the right career for me because mm, mm. I'm um, a socially bold is oh, the way it was it was defined by uh, the assessment center when I was looking to church plant. Okay. You are socially bold. Socially bold. I take risks. I say things that probably should not be said. Yes. Um, yeah, I've done that my whole life. And, I've, and honestly, I've gotten myself in some big trouble with that. Mm. And mm-hmm. I've hurt a lot of people that way. Mm-hmm. And so I, it, it's much better than it was, thankfully. I can tell. I remember oh, yeah. you being much bolder in the past. Just cracking jokes, lewd jokes, off-color jokes, yeah. just risky jokes. Yep. Um, just looking for a laugh or whatever. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah. and then other things I would just say. I just say them. You know, you're. Like, I can understand like people. Tourette's. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can understand people saying that. Or are you even saying maybe this is not the right uh, career path as a pastor, or whatever, because of this? But that is a, um, uh, a, a stereotype of a pastor, right? That I'm more prophetic, and most pastors are more priestly. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and a prophet doesn't always make friends. Right. And right. I'm not, I'm not, there are a lot of people in the ministry who are high eye or like um, people who need to be liked. Right. And my, my issue is um, needing to be respected more than mm-hmm. liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's more of a D personality, uh, more of a the prophet instead of the priest. So I, I had to work on my bedside manner and, you know, like learning that people don't think like you and I have very similar personalities. We do, yeah. And uh, and not a whole lot of people have the. If you look at Myers Briggs, like the NT, thankfully, yeah. Uh, and and so we we think and we have very high intuition and yeah. Um, and we judge, you know, the ENTJ. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that is. Um, we I've had to learn that n- most people don't think like I do. Correct. And they uh, don't respond the way I respond mm-hmm. to things. And people are different. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Enneagram is the new the new personality test, right? Um, no, it's really old, but it's one it that is, I'm, but it's it's, uh, it's been hot here lately. It's been hot recently, and I don't know much about it. Uh, I've looked into it a little bit, and yeah. it's just another just another profiling mm-hmm. system. Um, but yeah, people. Uh, I'm interested. If there's somebody that can yeah. teach me about the Enneagram, teach us about the Enneagram, please let us know. Yeah, there's there's a few good books I could mm-hmm. throw your way. You love books. I do love books. Yeah, books are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> just because you haven't learned to read yet, right? Uh, I got halfway through that and I lost. I lost. Uh, well, this happens a lot. I will get halfway, maybe even a third of the way through a book, and it just—it's just not keeping my attention. Yeah, yeah. And and maybe that's the the ADHD. I'm sitting here like j- jittering the whole time we're talking. Yeah, right. I yeah. can't sit still. Yeah. It may also because some of those books don't have a lot of pictures. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I like pictures mm-hmm. and moving pictures. Mm-hmm. Now, if you turn that book into a movie, well, there's a better chance for me. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, there are books that I have I couldn't put down, mm-hmm. but they are so few and far between. Like what? Um. Uh. So some. Some books. Uh, okay. So Anthony Hokema, the Bible in the future. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Couldn't put it down. Okay. Um. Russell Willingham, Breaking Free. Okay. Um, I don't know. That I read one. that a long time ago. It's uh. It's about sex addiction. Mm. Hmm. Um. Fascinating mm-hmm. the way he was uh, approaching it. Mm-hmm. Never thought like that before. Uh, as far as like what, uh, analyzing people's thoughts um, at a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, um, I've I've read some like uh, short stories that were uh, fantasy stories, like you know a vampire story or uh, oh, okay. uh, short stories like uh, you know Ray Bradburn or. Um, mm-hmm. Even uh, Edgar Allan Poe, which is more difficult to read, mm-hmm. and really got into them and, mm-hmm. and wanted to finish them. Yeah. Um, there are times when, when, as a family, we were reading to the kids Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. And it got those hot. Are, and I, yeah, I didn't want to put it down. Those are fantastic. Um, but uh, for the most part, I want to read something that's educational, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of fluff in writing. Yes. There's a lot of, there's too many examples. I don't need a lot of examples. Just give me the data. Just yeah. give me the raw information. You, yeah. I just want to learn. Yeah. I don't want to have a reading experience. Right. I don't want to sit there and feel like I'm connecting to this writer. I don't care about that. Yeah. Give me the information. Right. I, I need the pamphlet form. Yeah. Yeah. Distill it down to give me the straight juice so I can learn something. That's what I want. You know, that leads me to another, so we're talking about this episode Theoretically, we're talking with, with with all of our diversions, yeah. Uh, media and censorship and stuff. One of the things in media that I have uh, thought about recently is exactly what you're talking about. That in news, there, it's more about the experience of learning the news than the actual news. Hmm. I remember this summer I was watching. You know, we don't have a TV, but I was over at my um, in-laws' uh, place in Memphis, and we're and it was during the Olympics, and they were watching. So the news, morning news or whatever um, uh, show. Uh, um, Today show? Today show, something, something like, that. like that. Okay. Yeah. And so they're at the Olympics in Tokyo. And then the whole story that they were giving was about volleyball. is a uh, beach volleyball something. Mm-hmm. and But the, there was almost nothing about the beach volleyball. The entire story, which was 10 minutes or something, this segment – was about the news crew going, and then there was rain, um, and then they couldn't find their tickets, and so they went, and they uh, and, uh, finally they were able to get in, but because of COVID restrictions, then they had to be together, and they couldn't leave their little spot, and there was lots of places mm-hmm. around them, space, you know, where, where then the other reporters were far away, 
and then they had to, and then they set up the camera, but then they forgot the lens, and then they and they went through this whole thing. There's a ten, whole ten minute segment. They went to see some of the best athletes in the world competing on the world stage. And uh-huh. there was like 10 seconds, 15 seconds footage of the athletes, uh, and it was all about them and their story. Wow. And like, I stopped listening 30 seconds ago. It was crazy. <laughs> and I, that, was the mo- that was the quintessential example. But it, it was like, and then I've noticed since then, so much of news coverage is, so we were there and I had this experience mm-hmm. and I had trouble doing this and then I, you know... That's with weather. That's with coverage of what news didn't used to be that way. Right. It used to be here's the important thing that happened. Right. That's what I want. That's what I want. Yeah. That's what I want. I want to know what was the law that was passed, not uh, how do you feel about the process of whatever, you know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's what you're talking about in the books right. is that you want like. I want straight data, information, learning. Yeah. You know, and so when when something has been theologically on my mind and a yep. book is addressing that and it's staying to task, mm-hmm. then then I really enjoy it. Yeah. But I'm I'm telling you that it, for every hundred books, it may be one. Yeah. Yeah. And the rest of them are just like I I just can't keep with it. Right. Right. I gas out because it's not it's not relevant or it's not I don't know. Sometimes I read a book and I feel like I could have written the book and then I really lose interest mm. because I'm not learning. Mm-hmm. Other times, um, I. It, I'm learning something that is so irrelevant mm-hmm. or unnecessary that I lose because you know that mm-hmm. has to be a p- piece of it too. It has to be relevant to me. I got to want to know what it, yeah. what they're talking about. But you combine those things like I want to know, and they're doing a really good job yeah. explaining it, yeah, and providing yeah. it. I'm all over it. Yeah, documentaries are the same way, right? You you mm-hmm. watch a good documentary, mm-hmm. you wish it was three hours longer. Yeah, yeah, sure. You watch a bad one, and it's about ten minutes in. You're like, man, documentaries. This is stink. awful. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Okay, so for you listeners. Dave has just described the kind of book that he likes to read, and he can't find them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> give us some recommendations. Write write us at thehopperpodcast at gmail.com and give Dave a reading list. Willie is always trying to get me to read. <laughs> yep. Yep. You don't have a TV? I don't have a TV. I haven't. We haven't had a TV, I don't think, since we've been married. Yeah. But you watch stuff. You have DVDs. And, yeah. I watch yeah. stuff. Sure. No, we've... Yeah, I like watching movies, but I want... One of the things from early in our marriage, um, and even before that, well, what I mean, growing up, for most of my life, I haven't had a, a TV. Uh-huh. I grew up, you know, uh, in poverty, really. And so we didn't have a TV for much of my growing up. Some of it we did, but not much. And uh, and then as an adult, I haven't, because I don't like commercials. I don't like, right. I don't like being the product. If I love watching movies. I love watching TV. But we, but I get DVDs yeah. or I do stuff. You know, we did stuff for a Netflix so, yeah. for a long, long time. Yeah, that's what I. Well, I don't have a, t- a television service. I just have like Netflix or okay. a, a paid, sure, a paid programming service. But no, like open air television. Well, I mean, I have a I have a digital antenna, which gets me a few channels. Yeah. See, we don't. We yeah. don't, We've never had that. We've right. never had that, and it's never been a problem. The only thing like that that I miss it would be sports, and I don't like sports a whole lot. But there yeah. are a few things that yeah, I would like to do, watch with yeah. sports. Not but much. My sons really miss the sports. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and I said, well, I, I, here's the thing. As much as you love sports, mm-hmm. I hate cable companies twice that amount. Yeah. So, so do you know about Sling? Yes. So Sling I have before gone yeah. for, like during, um, to watch college basketball or something, I'll get Sling for a month. I'll pay, you know, $15 or whatever it is for a month. And then we'll watch, you know, I'll watch uh, college basketball or something. And mm-hmm. then I'm done. Yeah. That's it. During tournament time. Yeah, so that works pretty well. Yeah, but yeah, cable companies and even I don't know, uh, watching any show on NBC or CBS or Fox or whatever, like I'm just not interested. Yeah, if it's a good show, I'll get it on DVD. Just thought of a topic for the Hopper. Okay, because uh, I was thinking about these cable companies. Yeah, they have uneven scales. Okay. Yeah. So they what do you they, mean? they charge different people different amounts depending on what they can get away with. Hmm. The proverbs have a lot to say about that. Okay. Um, and so this is kind of the new way of doing business is a sliding scale, an uneven scale. Um, who, can I, who can I gouge and who can I retain as a customer by giving them a break? Yeah. Uh, so there, there's, no open, there's no openness and, and no honesty in, in the product and the customer. It's, it's, it's a one-to-one uh, scenario. 
Yeah. Like, I'll provide you the service for this. I'm doing a, a separate deal for you than I am for this person over here. Right, 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 right. And that, it's all a secret. Yeah. Um, I, re- I just wrote that down. Related to that, I think, and similar, though, is the same kind of thing with big companies, especially, uh, the same kind of thing happens with uh, pay, with salaries. Oh, yeah. And so the ex- people doing the exact same thing at the same level with the same experience can be paid wildly different yeah. uh, rates. And it's just whatever I can get you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's unfair as well. Yep. There's, the Bible has a lot to say about that. It okay. does. We'll write that down. All right, brother. We wrap this one up. That's enough. Um, I, I should probably go shave my back. Yeah. Um, and you should try waxing it. It'll I don't take even know what to grow back. Yeah, you don't okay. know what waxing is. I know what it is, but okay. I've never done it. I've never. I mean, I've heard of waxing, of course, but <laughs> you've never. You done. need to go of read a book. Of course, you've never done it. You. <laughs> <laughs> you can see that I've never done it. Uh, you yeah. probably need to read a book before the sermon on Sunday. I or read something. No. <laughs> I'll read your back tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> But, okay, so yeah. let me yeah. ask you this question. Yeah, yeah. If what 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 we see in Scripture in the New Testament is that water baptism is almost always linked to a profession of faith. Yeah. In Acts chapter two, in chapter eight, chapter ten, a couple times in chapter sixteen, in multiple other places, mm-hmm. people believe and then they are baptized. Right. 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 So why? Do you? Why do we? <laughs> yes, right? right. Why do you baptize people who have not made a profession of faith? And when would you do? When would you do that? And why? Right. Um, so that would only occur for the children of parents who have made a profession of uh-huh, faith. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and this brings in the whole doctrine of assurance. Okay. When are we assured that this person is a Christian, mm-hmm. that they have the Holy Spirit, that they have been born again, right. that the Holy Spirit has been poured out upon them? Yes. And when they're an adult, the only thing we have to go on is their testimony. Yes. Because um, we do baptize, everyone baptizes right away after the testimony. Mm-hmm. We don't wait to see if they endure in the faith, but we, knowing full well that many of them will not. Yes. That many of them will be like seed that was thrown on the rocky soil that That's had right. no root and the, the wind scorched, the, the sun scorched it and they died. Yeah. Um, their faith is now over, right. where they were choked out years later. Even though they were baptized. Even though they were baptized. That's right, that's true. Even we though all they made a that. profession yep. of faith. Yep. There are some people who have, who have speculated on how many people from the Billy Graham Crusades right, actually right, continued right, right. in their faith. I've heard numbers on that, but I can't imagine. I can't, you can't get numbers. Possibly, you can't get numbers. How could they possibly? But yeah, no, right. you're right. You're I'm right. not trying to invalidate Billy Graham, by the way. I'm no, he's awesome. Yeah, so there's, uh, there, there are numerous... Um, people who make a profession of faith and then later yep. walk away from it. That's but right. they were baptized, Yep. right? And so um, that fits very well kind of the the um, Armenian paradigm. Yeah, it does. It's my decision, and I got baptized, and now I've reversed that decision, and yep. my salvation's gone. Yep. Um, but for us who believe that salvation starts with the Holy Spirit, that's a Holy Spirit at work in us that yes. brings us to a point of acknowledging our need of Jesus. Yes. That gives us the assurance yes. that this is God's agenda yes. and God's plan in history and God's movement in our lives, yeah. in our own personal history. Yeah. And so if they have not come to a place of testimony, certainly I wouldn't baptize them. I have no indication that they're a Christian. Right. Once I have indication that they're a Christian, I take that on faith I, with what little assurance I have mm-hmm. that they are indeed um, a spirit-born person, yes. even though they very well may not be. Right. But we're bringing them into the covenant of faith. Right. We're bringing them into the household. We're bringing them into the church. They are now Christians by public declaration. They're part of the church. That's why we like membership connected to baptism. Yeah. You're becoming part of God's household. Yes. And this is the mark, this is the sign that right. you have this testimony, that hopefully you have the Holy Spirit, and it's, if you have the Holy Spirit, it's the seal, 
it represents the sealing of the, the the Holy Spirit that will keep you. Yes. That you will not lose your salvation if you truly belong to Him. Right. The Holy Spirit will keep you. He began the That's good right. work, and He will see it through to right. completion. That's right. And if you go out from us, we'll know that you were never one of us. That's right. And that's the only way that we'll know that, uh-huh. right? So when it comes to a child, um, we have as much assurance, I would say even more biblically, that that child will become a Christian than an adult who makes a profession of faith. Mm. Wow. Mm. How can I justify that, yeah. right? Yeah, um, That child who is raised by people we believe that we've seen for years, we have not just their confession of faith, but we've known them, and we especially, we have even more assurance that those kids are going to be Christians because God says in his word that he works through families. Yes. That he keeps his blessings down through the generations. That's not always true for everyone. We see that clearly, Jacob and Esau. Right, right. Okay, so we can't, but, but generally speaking, God works through our rearing of children That's right. in the household of faith. Yes. They are members of the church. They are members of all the benefits that we have in church and everything that's being provided for them and Bible study and nurture right. and prayer, right. all the means of grace. Now, it's all given to them as yes. they are coming into the household of faith as a child into this family right. that's going to raise them in that way. I have lots of scripture. I'm, do you have any you know, off the top of your head of... Of this, of God working through families, I will, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bless you down through the generations. Right. No, I don't have any off the top of my head, but I, I, yeah, there's lots and lots of those. There's no question about that. Yeah. Um. And and then when you see in Acts people converting, it's not just they who are baptized; it's their entire household. Right. Um, right. Because the whole household is going to come into the church. Right. Uh, including their children. Right. Th- these households were were full of people. Right. Um, to suggest that all the, the baptism in, in Acts involved no children, I think, is, uh, well, it, it's, it's an argument from silence and not a very good one. It's, a pos- it's possible, possible that way, but the concept not is not—it doesn't say each person in the household believed, and so then were baptized. Mm-hmm. It says the household, that uh, a particular person believed, and so the, the household was baptized. Yeah. And the idea is that everybody in the household is going to believe— or practice or whatever it means. They're, they're, gonna, they're all. If one person, if the if the man of the house or the woman of the house is a Christian, then the rest of the house is a Christian. Yeah. And Paul says that in Corinthians that yeah. there's sanctification that's passed on to the children from one parent, not just both. Even if one parent yeah. is a Christian, then that child is holy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's First Corinthians seven fourteen. Yeah. Uh huh. And so we we take their testimony and we say they're going to raise them in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And that gives me assurance that the Holy Spirit is at work, not just in these parents, but in their family, based upon scriptural passages. Yeah. Now, one of the places that I, that I think a lot of folks struggle, who, who are struggling to understand what we're saying here, one of the things that they struggle with is that um, for, and I did as well when I was in seminary, at Dallas Seminary, struggling with this, that in a Baptist con- concept, uh, baptism is completely integrated with a person who professes faith and is in that sense a Christian. And so how is it that we can say that a little baby is a Christian? Mm-hmm. Or how, how can we say that that person is professing faith? And that's, I don't see that that's what baptism is. Uh-huh. It is not based on a profession of faith per se. It's, it's an entrance into the community of God, and right. you can enter into the community of God either by a profession of faith or by having been born into a family of people who profess the faith. Right. Yeah. We would say that, that babies are Christian. Yes, that's right. In the sense that they have been raised, or they're being raised, in the Christian church. That's right. Right? That's Publicly. Right. In the visible church, they are Christians. Yes, exactly. Right. That's um, right. Now, at some point, they'll make a profession of faith, or they'll say, I've always known this as my faith, and right. then, we, then we move them to the next sacrament. Right. You know? Um, but the entrance sacrament, baptism, is, I've come into the household of faith. Yeah. And that, um, in the case of children, doesn't involve their awareness. It's a little bit like, this is a, a bit of a crass example, but it, there, there is an analogy here. Um, when, when, uh, when we lived in North Carolina, we lived um, in Chapel Hill, right next to 
the UNC Tar Heels uh, campus, right? And we were big fans of the Tar Heels, especially the basketball. Well, they are, of course, um, arch rivals with Duke, who is only 10 miles away. And this is one of the greatest rivalries in in American sports history. It's really, Mm -hmm. I, I could go on and on and on about it. But when my son, uh, who's adopted, came to live with us, then uh, we would watch the basketball games, and we'd watch, and we're and so who are we going to root for? Well, we're rooting for the Tar Heels. And I told him, uh, you know, we talked about Duke and other, you know, we hate Duke mm-hmm. and all like this. <laughs> yeah. And so he said, "Well, I'm going to root for Duke," and I'm like, "You don't have that option. <laughs> you don't have that option, right? You are a Tar Heel fan. You can't live in this house and be a Duke fan." And and so I mean, you know, I. I, I, we have UNC stuff all over, and I yeah. could talk about my love for that team. You put your foot down. I put my foot down. Like <laughs> in this house, we are Tar Heel fans, right? And so, and he got it. I mean, he's so he's a Tar Heel fan. And now that we live in Kentucky, he's not as much a Tar Heel fan. I still am. Yeah. Um, but if we were to live there, he would grow up and definitely grow into that being a fan of the Tar Heels. Mm. And when he was young, he's got no choice, right? When right. he's young, I, if he was a baby when we got him. Um, I would put on, you know, clothes, you know, well, even I did buy him clothes. I didn't put them, you know, he could dress himself when he came to live with us, but, uh, he could only dress himself in the stuff that I bought him. Right. So, (laughs) (laughs) and so he had Tar Heels clothes to wear. And so he was, you know, okay. But as he gets older, then he can grow into that. Uh And so in the same sort of way, I think with baptism, like you, Uh it's a little bit crass. It's not exactly right. Yeah, I I hear you. But you can, you grow into your Christianity. He could also rebel and become a Duke fan. He could. Dad put put this upon me and... And, and, okay, so people can walk away from the faith Mm -hmm. as well, but what are the chances of that happening? They're not real big because so much of his fandom is is wrapped up in these experiences, and that's how uh, so many, you know... It's very rare that someone, I don't know if, if this is a big, I know a lot of homes where it, the tradition is passed down from generation to generation, the right. fans of the Patriots or fans of the Cowboys or, or you know, whatever. Yeah, you picked two horrible examples. <laughs> <laughs> well, but those fans are right. like through the roof, you know, uh, right. the Cardinals, you know, that you like, okay, this is, this is who we are. And uh-huh. so, um, anyway... That and the same way God works through families, right? And I and again, I have as much or more confidence, yeah, or assurances, I should say, that God is at work. That's right. Than even an adult who gives me a testimony. Yeah, I don't know who yeah. is elect. I don't know who has the Holy Spirit. Well, and even in the none end, none of don't us know. do. Right. None of us know that. We go by what we have as indicators. Yes. And when it comes to a child, a child in a church, in a, a Christian yes. family, yes. they are public, visible church Christians, and I have assurances that God's at work from His Scripture. Yep. Therefore, I put the sign and seal of the covenant upon them in hopes that the Holy Spirit will indeed affirm that uh, administration. Let me back this up with a little bit of Scripture as well. Yeah. Um, in the Old Testament... Um, God's covenant is said to be, quote, for us and for our children, or for you and for your children, right? Over right. and over and over again. Um, this is an Abra- it's the promise made to Abraham and reiterated in Genesis 26 and 28 and Deuteronomy 29 and Joshua 5. See, I knew you had scripture. And lots of places like that. We're not going to read through all those right now. You can right. look them up if you want to. But then, so lots and lots of places, the covenant promises are for you and for your children. Abraham yeah. was told to circumcise himself and all his servants and all his children on the eighth day right? Uh, as a sign that they are part of the covenant. This sign is for you and for your children. Okay. Yeah. So then when, uh, when the Holy Spirit comes, as you were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. in Acts chapter 2, then there, the people of... Um, of Jerusalem at the time, or the people who are visiting Jerusalem for the festival, they're listening to Peter speak, and he gives this beautiful sermon. And then they, at the end, they say, okay, so what do, What are we supposed to do? And he says, we, uh, repent and believe and be baptized. This promise is for you and, and for your, your children. Happening. And so he's echoing this, this uh, meme almost, mm. right? He's using this meme that we've heard throughout the Old Testament scriptures that the covenant and the sign of the covenant of circumcision, this covenant is for you and for your children. That's why mm-hmm. we. That's why we. Yep. You uh, and your offspring after you. Exactly. Yep. And so he says, baptism, repent and believe, and be baptized. So and then all through the rest of the um, New Testament, we're saying, okay, circumcision is not a big deal anymore. The it, the thing is is baptism. 
which is for yeah. you and for your children. And we see that in Colossians. We see the link yes. between the old sign that's right. and the new sign. That's right. The bloody sign that's, that's right. pointing toward the seed through Abraham would come the that's Messiah. Right. That's right. And the circumcision of the heart, that's right. right? The sanctification that, that Christ brings in his right. atonement. That's right. And the new covenant, the bloodless that's right. baptism, that's right. uh, the Holy Spirit is the one who circumcises your heart. The Holy Spirit is the one who unites you to Jesus Christ yeah, yeah. and his benefits, his death, his resurrection. You are a Christian because of the Holy Spirit's activity. And we're representing that through this, this entrance into the community. We don't know when the wind blows and where it blows. That's right. That's we, right. we just know that God is at work. By his word, we administer what we think he wants. And um, again, not based on any tradition, not any heritage, scripture. There is a tradition here, but like the tradition of the Trinity, like the tradition of the the authority of scripture, like the tradition of, like, we go back and we look, is this tradition worth holding? And, and it is. Mm-hmm. And it is. I say that because in the earliest church, so the church in the first few centuries after uh, the earliest record we have outside the New Testament... Um, it seemed to be pretty common that they would baptize infants. There is um, one of our church fathers, I forget who it is, Irenaeus maybe, who said that he prefers not to uh, baptize infants, but still, if you do baptize infants, then that's valid, but, he's, but he gives a reason that he thinks that it's better not to uh-huh. baptize. But Origen and so many of the others from really, really early on, they just assumed infant baptism was the standard practice. I say that to bring up that it wasn't very controversial at the time. Mm-hmm. Im- immediately afterwards, it was just the way things are done. And so, and that tradition is important to me, not because I want to be traditional, but it indicates to me that the apostles were practicing this when we don't have indication of, about whether who who exactly that they baptized in the New Testament. Right. Um, you know whether they baptize babies or forbid the baptism of babies. Both are arguments of silence, right? Um, and neither are very good arguments. So, what was actually happening? Well, our our earliest and best indication is that universally the church was baptizing babies from the beginning. Right. When, um, as the church grew, and this is both in the Eastern Church and the Western Church, as the church grew more and more, that was the common practice. Very clearly, we know that for sure. Mm-hmm. And. Um, and it wasn't until Protestants came along and had this very strong reforming, they wanted to reform the, the Western Church, the Roman Church, mm-hmm. from its horrible practices that, that some of those people, not most, but a few of those people wanted to do it differently. Right. And so the, the idea that we would only baptize those who profess faith and not the children of those people um, is only a few hundred years old in the Church. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because when you talk to people, they they want the burden of proof to rest upon me to show a proof text of the baptism of children. Yeah, and I really believe the proof text lies with them. I agree um, that a Jew who who was a con- convert in the early era um, would would absolutely demand that their children be baptized yes. if they saw any link to circumcision or any link to to the representations Which is of the Old Testament in the scripture. pouring out of the Holy Spirit, yep. Yep, they right. would demand that it be done to their children mm-hmm. because they have such a family, communal sense of faith. Yes. And we as Americans in our individualism... Yep, that's a, uh, that's a big yeah, piece of what it was. That's our presupposition. Right. Is, oh, well, show me why we ought to do that. Well, well, think about this in the context in which it, it's written and where it comes from. Yeah. Um, it, I think the burden of proof rests with you. And why did nobody think about this until 400 years ago 500 mm-hmm. years ago mm-hmm. yeah so it, it's interesting the uh what's the fear there what's the concern right i mean uh if there's no testimony of that child is it is their baptism invalid many say yes mm-hmm. right that if you were baptized as a child you must be rebaptized. right um matter of fact uh, there's a whole movement you know it's, it's just the anabaptist return um, where they will rebaptize you if, even if you were in a different church, sure, because they don't yes. trust that your baptism was done right or done the way that they. You have to be baptized the way they want you to be baptized. Right. And some of these churches are really bent on numbers. Right, they want to be able to say they baptized X exactly. number of people. I think that's a huge motivation. And I have seen people that I I know were Christians and had already been baptized rebaptized in some of these churches because they convinced that they ought to be. Um, and I see it, that that's not necessary. Um, we're, let's not invalidate uh, baptisms based upon 
uh, of narrow views. Let's be able, you know, arguments from silence. Mm-hmm. Let's be charitable and understanding and try to have rational conversation about mm-hmm. these and why people have a different view instead of just dismissing them sure. and saying they're wrong and we've got the right answer and you've got the wrong answer. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's for us as well. I mean, we were charitable to folks who, I mean, people come and ask me to baptize them and I'll, we'll have that conversation and, mm-hmm. I'll, and I'll do it. But I typically do try to involve all three <laughs> modes <laughs> to, to have as much meaning embedded in it as possible. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wish this was something that we could uh, have good fellowship with people who disagree. Yeah. In, in the church. We in ought church. to. I, I agree. Um, I, it's, it's my Baptist friends who have gotten awfully squirrely about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I haven't because uh, I think in this country, most Christians start in some form of, of, of Baptist. Yeah, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, the... Uh, most of the country, the pioneers, uh, the the Baptist faith spread like wildfire. Yeah, that's right. And the, you know why that is? I do because the the ordination requirements were so low exactly. compared to Almost Presbyterianism. Yeah, that if you were called to preach, get out there and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the Baptist faith and some of its idiosyncrasies were are kind of the the, the lay of the land. Mm-hmm. So you have to ask yourself. You're a Christian. You've been brought up in a in a Baptist, even non denominational. It's probably a Baptist that's in Baptist, yeah. Yeah, in theology. Yeah, that's right. Have the, have the courage to say that. Yep. Um, you've probably been brought up with that, and it's undergirding a lot of your presuppositions. Have you had the opportunity to really think through and be challenged by the Scripture, or have you just dismissed it as as some sort of traditional argument or some Catholic argument, and you're not really willing to engage in theology debate? Yeah, um, right. Charitably. Yeah. Someone who has really thought through it and disagrees with me, I, I can respect that. And that's, Absolutely. That's wonderful. Absolutely. Uh, that we can be... Uh, hold to your conviction. Absolutely. Hold to those scriptures. And I'm going to hold to mine. Yeah. And, but this shouldn't separate us. Yeah. On the other hand, someone who hasn't thought through it, I, I'm going to invite them to think through it. Yeah. <laughs> Please do. Or if they wholesale reject your view without respecting it. Oh, yeah. Even no, that's, hearing that's its tough. point of view. That's tough. Yeah. Then it, that's so discouraging. Yeah. You know, you're not even willing to discuss... My point yeah. of view, just dismiss it wholesale and right. call, right. label it and box it up and ship it off. Yeah. Um, there's another piece of this conversation, and, and that is God's grace. Mm-hmm. And when God gives us institutions like prayer, we expect that God's at work through that institution. Mm-hmm. He tells us to pray, yes, and we believe that it actually does something. Yes, of course. That God hears it yes. and that it changes the world. Yes, that's right. right? That's right. And... This is a place where a lot of people choke on the means of grace in the sacrament, which could be a, a separate topic. We could make this a whole topic, okay? Because it does relate to the supper um, as yeah. much or more than baptism. I agree, but I'll just for now say that you know when I uh, my son needed a surgery and it was a mm-hmm. serious surgery at two months of age, I even though it was inconvenient for my family, my uh, my parents, my in laws, other people could not attend. Um, we wanted the sign of the covenant on our child's head before he went into this serious surgery. Amen. Yeah. Because if anything happened, I don't believe the baptism saved him. No. But we're calling out by God's own administration, by his yes. own institution yes. Yes. of some sacred mystery yes. where he extends his grace. It would be like sending my son off to surgery without praying for him. Right. I agree. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. When I pray, my son didn't have any knowledge of it, they had no conscious awareness of it, but those prayers did something for him, yes. right? We believe that because yes. of the power of God and the Holy Spirit. Same with the sacrament. We're putting the sign of the covenant upon this child. Right. Something happens to this child, he's going into the ground with the sign and seal of the covenant of our God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Amen. I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a great analogy of you wouldn't, you wouldn't send your child off to to surgery without prayer. Yeah. Um, and they don't have to know about it. Yeah. It's not, it's not based upon them, which gets to the Reformed salvation. Right. It's based upon God That's right. and the Spirit. That's right. That's yep. right. Well, and it doesn't, it's not a sign of salvation itself. It's an entrance into the community yeah. with the trust that God will use that to save them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I think, use that as yeah. a means of grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, the community. The entrance into the community Hopefully, by the the regeneration of the Holy Spirit, yeah. Ah, uh, there's well, okay, but yeah. there's entrance into the community 
they are members of the church. Members of Not, the church. We're hoping that they're members of the church. They are members of the church. Yeah. Let, let, me, let me break that down. They are members of the visible church, and we are hoping that they are members of the invisible church. I hope that I'm a member of the invisible church, and I yeah. have good insur- assurances of that, right. but we don't know for anybody. And right. so all we can deal with on a on a clear level, is the visible church. That's yeah. all we have. We don't have the master list we of do God's, not. God's elect. That's we, right. Yeah. We do not. We only have assurances and and uh, things that we do to discredit our, insur- our, our assurances. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, uh, and the scripture is what we, we cling to here. It is indeed. So we do our best. Yeah, but I do want that. You know, I think parents ought to baptize their children if Absolutely. they're if they're raising them in the fear and admission. They ought to put that administration of God's grace and whatever mystery is involved there, just yeah. like they ought to pray for them. That's right. In the same way. Yeah. In the same way. And and you know what chokes me up more than anything is the picture, the imagery of an infant baptism. That this is God stooping to us in our helplessness. Yeah. This is a picture of God coming uh-huh. to man in His absolute inability. Yep. And pouring out His Holy Spirit, uniting us to Jesus Christ and saving our souls. Yes. And if that baby screams and cries, it's even stronger a imagery. Stronger picture. Because yep. we resist the will of God and we resist what He's interfe- the way He interferes in our life. Yep. And He does it anyway and blesses us us and draws mm-hmm. us in to his family and loves us. That is mm-hmm. beautiful. It's gorgeous. And uh, and so if you want to dedicate your child, um, by the way, the Old Testament dedication, that child went to live in the temple. <laughs> yeah. They were given over to the priesthood as a, like a Levite. Right. They went and served in the temple. You didn't raise that child. The temple raised that child. That's, That's what Samuel. it means to dedicate. Samuel yeah. and Eli. Yeah. That's uh-huh. a child dedication. Right. What we do today, I don't, it, there's, there's, it's a scriptural anomaly. It's not related to oh, the there's Old no Testament. Biblical, there's, yeah, no there's no biblical, biblical, biblical basis for dedicating your child the way that a lot of Baptist churches do it. That's yes. right. That's you, right. Know what you, you know what you're wanting as a parent? You're wanting to bring that child before the living God and say, this child belongs to you. They're being raised as a Christian. They're in the household of faith. I want them to be a Christian. I want them to be saved. I want your Holy Spirit to be at work in them. I've been praying for this. By golly, folks. Just baptize them. That's what that means. There's something. It, yeah, if that's you, <laughs> that's what there's you, something in your heart that says that this is this is to, important. Yeah, yeah, calling yeah. you to bring your children before the Lord in hopes of Holy Spirit intervention. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I always get choked up when I baptize people, uh, but but I, I've done more infant baptisms than adult baptisms, and partly because my the church. I, when I was the pastor, had a lot of births, a lot mm-hmm. of young people, and I baptized lots and lots of babies. And boy, yeah. I, I've never done one without crying. I just love it. It, it really moves me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, man, I don't know that. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah. We if we if we pushed your buttons, um, you know, interact with us. Uh, we want to have hospitable conversation. We're not here to annoy or to to piss people off. Absolutely. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Thanks for listening to the Hopper Podcast. Let's keep the conversation going about things that matter and things that don't. Write us at thehopperpodcast at gmail.com or record a short voice memo on your phone and send it to thehopperpodcast at gmail.com. Join us next time when we'll talk about Jennifer Aniston's plastic surgery. Why, Jenny? Why? 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 We've got Uh, to know. I'm sure you know someone who needs to listen to that show. Be a pal. Tell them about the show. Send them a link. And if they still don't listen, wail like a wounded seal. Or you could just subscribe or follow and share the goodness of the Hopper. The Hopper Podcast is produced with the help of the annual Kentucky Candy Corn Cooking Competition.